um how are you you tell me how you are nobody asks therapists how ah, they are you know funnily <laughs> enough i think my clients have started asking me how i am post uh, towards the end of the session now because i guess like you said it's been an intense couple of months uh, not just days um but yeah um to answer your question i think i'm okay i think i'm doing fine uh i think i am figuring it out as days go by uh which i think yeah. is key for what's happening right now overall so yeah yeah i have never understood um the importance of mindfulness more than in this year <laughs> and i'm like mm-hmm. just concentrate mm-hmm. on one thought at a time one step at a time because there's otherwise there's no other way to deal with everything together anyway um so to just introduce you in a line and introduce what we're doing in this session priyanka is firstly uh, priyanka is my therapist i have to say this and uh, priyanka is an amazing amazing psychologist she is based in bombay she runs the thought co with other psychologists i will let you explain what thought co is uh, much better than i ever will but we're here to speak about uh, something that we don't speak about much when we speak about mental health uh, it's bipolar disorder and borderline personality disorder i myself have borderline dis- uh, personality disorder and i have been diagnosed which is why we i don't know we wanted to spend some time talking about how both of these specific disorders play themselves out in a marginalized community um mm-hmm. of course it just doesn't have to be the queer community a lot of these things can be generalized into other communities as well so yeah keep your questions coming i will read them and i will ask them to priyanka uh, and mm-hmm. when time passes uh but before we begin about borderline personality disorder we should be speaking about the very triggering events that have taken place yesterday and i let priyanka take over Okay. Uh So yesterday I think it was in the afternoon where I got the message of what happened and uh, Sushant uh, Singh Rajput passed away and that's the way I want to view it. And this definitely has caused a lot of questions. And I think most of my therapy sessions today have been about this. And a lot of us are asking why how come he did it but his life looks so sorted, you know, what caused him to do this? and my my simple thing is that we don't know and speculating at this point of time is really um uncalled for it's not necessary we shouldn't be speculating to begin with uh number 2 is that whatever struggles he may be going through are for him to figure out they are his but what we need to understand is that if somebody we know or we feel is struggling we need to reach out to them that's the, that's one of the most important things we can do is pick up the phone saying hi how are you and a genuine how are you not one of those pleasantries by hey how are you what's up but like a genuine how are you um i i can see it's a difficult time for you you know do you want me to help you out with anything genuinely ask pointed questions what can i do for you and you know reach out to them because maybe at that point of time they may be struggling to reach out to you so if you can do that that's great Number 2 is that sometimes i notice people don't want to really get into details of what's what's happening with them but just being there as an emotional support by being on the other end of the phone in absolute silence is great you know um that's another way to support them and third and i think most effective is pointing them into directions of where they can get help 
you know uh, there are many mental health professionals in our country who are open and want to help people connect them and most importantly we also have some workable suicide helpline numbers in our country so i think it's it, it, it's a good idea just to keep two or three of them with you numbers so that you can hand it out to a friend of yours there are some websites that regularly updated so you know just just maintaining that database and forwarding saying hey when do you reach out to them uh yeah that that's that's where i begin mm-hmm. with that yeah there is a very important question i think we should answer there's a person i know uh, who is struggling and he is ignoring me totally what should i do the reason i wanted to answer this question right now is because we can like i think talk a bit about boundaries Mm-hmm. and understanding how you can i mean asking a person whether they want help does not have to be continuously badgering them as well so how do we ask them and also give them the space to respond or take your help when they want to i think the word actually which which is the most effective to to be able to understand where to set boundaries and not is if i have empathy in place mm-hmm. um i recognize the person is going through something difficult so i will approach them ask them but read the room read the room yeah. and by that i mean understand if how much are they willing to share with you at that moment or not mm-hmm. and respect it mm-hmm. if i respect what the person is willing to share with me or not share with me that will encourage them to come out and seek help from me so what happens very often is that somebody wants to come out and help you and they pick up the phone and ask you every day how are you how are you what can i do what can i do you know and and that can get wildly irritating for the other person on the other end and, and they like could you lead to guilting as well like you could feel guilty that you're not responding to this person and then it makes you feel even worse yeah yeah and that, that does not allow you to actually process your emotions in a way you need to at that point of time um and worst of all you can just result in you cutting off from that person and then not yeah. getting the help you need Uh, mm-hmm. so read the room understand what the person needs and doesn't need from you at that point of time and more importantly there's no we don't have to ask you how you are to help sometimes uh, just going for a walk with the person is good enough there are creative mm-hmm. ways in which you can reach out and connect to people and use those mediums it does not always have to be problem solving uh, it can right. just be i'm i'm taking a walk with you or we're going to do a zoom zumba class together whatever it may be <laughs> you know yeah. different ways to connect with people and just forming a connection by itself can be awareness if the person however has repeatedly told you no i don't want help respect the boundaries give them yeah. the data you have on the helpline numbers professional and say you know what when you're ready reach out to them but i'm giving you your space you yeah. know and trust that they will do what they need to do for themselves mm-hmm. and that's very important we we, we can't solve world problems we have to just work with providing opportunities for people to do it yeah yeah mm-hmm. exactly and thank you so much for saying that anyway um uh, i think we should start getting into our topic for the day because that's also extremely important uh, mm-hmm. because as i said earlier and for everybody who's joined the chat thank you for joining it's extremely important to talk about specific uh, mental health disorders as well um and we can start with uh priyanka telling us a little bit about what the thought code does oh okay then, yeah yeah i'd love to okay. know that as well <laughs> so that's my favorite topic um <laughs> so uh, the thought company uh, the thought co uh, started off as a blog essentially uh, where we and it resulted from me coming back from university in the uk and realizing hey we don't have access to reliable mental health information and now this is what like 10 years ago uh, 
so my whole idea behind it was creating bite-sized information about mental health and working towards destigmatizing mental health um over the years we we've done awareness programs we've done workshops we now have a studio space in lower perel where we run different kinds of workshops over there um it doesn't look like a clinic it our intention was to make it like a studio so i really hope it comes through with that um i've been there i really love how beautiful and accepting and safe the place feels just in itself thank you Thank, thank you. you for offering me tea all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the great things we have there a bunch and variety of teas that we offer. Yeah. Uh but uh but we we do that we have therapy mm-hmm. over there we have workshops over there and um something about our space is i work out of the another therapist as well unati who works out of there and both of us are mm-hmm. qacp certified therapists and something which is key to both unati and i is that we are we 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 want to keep learning. uh so and that's something even in our team as it keeps growing the key factor is that we want to keep learning because we realize society is evolving and if we are going to get stuck with our our perceived notions of how therapy needs to be done those blinders with structures on we want to be able to connect and reach out to people so our need to learn is very intrinsic you know and it, it's something which keeps us going so that's what i would put the thought company as it's it's growing it's evolving we're still taking shape and form um and we are just supposed to be we are there to take care of emotional and mental health mm-hmm. and that's so important because we hardly have many good queer therapists or therapists who can deal with queer issues for those of you who don't know qacp is queer affirmative counseling practice which priyanka has done and the thoughtco is uh, certified with so if yeah. you do want to go for therapy this is um, very important Anyway, so uh, I think the first question most people have when we talk about borderline and bipolar is the difference between them because it almost seems as though they're the same thing, and they also have the same abbreviation for a lot of people in their heads. Uh, mm-hmm. BPD is what I mean. It's a very confusing space. So maybe we could start with that. What is the difference between bipolar and borderline personality disorder? So uh borderline personality disorder is commonly abbreviated as BPD but a lot of people confuse the two. Um now the symptoms are very similar so it can look confusing. So very often what happens in and I'm, and I'm being very practical about how we approach it in in therapy and as psychologists is that when a person comes in we wait and we watch. We see how they're responding to things and then accordingly we will then label or not label accordingly depending on the person's comfort now mm-hmm. in borderline personality disorder uh, the person has mood swings which can be within the day so they have these highs and they have the lows within the day itself uh, there may be suicidal ideation there may be tendencies for self harm uh, smallish issues may trigger them uh, they have difficulty in maintaining healthy relationships with others they have a poor self image um they tend to have frequent temper or uh, anger outbursts or frequent um difficulties in terms of relating and identifying with people um and that's what borderline personality disorder is okay in in a nutshell these this is what it looks like um but now bipolar also looks similar to this uh because in bipolar as well you will have mood swings you will have mood fluctuations but the key difference is there will be an episode of a high or an episode of a low and in that high which is what we call mania the person may experience ideas of grandiosity they may think hey you know i'm the supreme leader of the world or hey i can like 
start this multi crore business within a day and you know they have these are these ideas they have or commonly noted in those in the uh, content industry they can sit and churn out pages uh, of work within like two days you know which could come together as a book so there are these massive highs they experience over a period of time and then suddenly or even sometimes gradually they will experience a low now the low again is similar which in terms of suicidal ideation severe depression feeling helpless feeling worthless feeling hopeless you know these are the key key factors in it but what is i would say the real difference is that there's an episode of the high and the low okay within the two as opposed to borderline personality disorder where it could fluctuate within the day itself Mm-hmm. Now, in borderline personality disorder, there can be a triggering incident. One incident, like my partner didn't call me up, and they were supposed to call me up, and that sends me off in a spiral. Now, that is called the borderline personality disorder. While as in bipolar, it may not necessarily be triggered by that. It could be you will notice a sudden change in their sleep cycle, or their eating habits, or the way they're dealing with exercise, and those little changes in that frequency results in the high or the low with it. hence mm-hmm. one of the things i do with clients who come in is that i wait and watch we do the assessments we have them in place but we wait and watch and see how they are responding to therapy and how they are responding to the whole process um when the medication aspect of this comes in a person with bipolar disorder needs medication mm-hmm. um let's be very clear about this they definitely do need medication because sometimes to deal with the highs to deal with the lows it is a chemical imbalance there's something which involves neurochemistry and i need to i need that little bit of an injection to help me balance it out mm-hmm. now the dosage will change over a period of time depending on my ability to cope with it and do better with it okay but in borderline personality disorder medication may or may not be needed now i use the word may or may not be needed because in some situations the anxiety may be so severe for them that they may need some mood stabilizers some anti anxiety pills to help them with it but a big chunk of this comes from therapy in their yeah. treatment plan it's and about I'm identifying i'm here because <laughs> i've never <laughs> taken medication in my life and mm-hmm. i'm able to deal with it so i'm yeah. here as an example <laughs> and i mean so if you think about it, i mean i'm going to probably put it on you a little bit over here okay. and ask you what, what would you say and i think this is important as well to bring up what would you say really help you in managing your mood within the day you know what were you yeah. what would you say were your anchors definitely grounding because what i go through personally is my mind just spirals it spirals out of control and i need to ground myself and i need to remember that there is a difference between fact and feeling are these facts no they are not so i have to sit and like cut it down into pieces sometimes writing it down really helps like for example i mean 2020 has been difficult for so many people and for people with mood disorders or uh, i don't know who even have depression or anxiety it has been a lot worse than it would have been for people mm-hmm. without and mm-hmm. i mean for me to write down all the issues that are happening in the world and everywhere that my mind keeps focusing and obsessing has helped mm-hmm. me understand that okay these are things i can't control these are things i can control from these things mm-hmm. that i can control what can i do so mm-hmm. probably cutting down thoughts has really helped me but i guess we'll come to uh how to take care of yourself and self care yeah. eventually in the thing but yeah i'm going to dive a little bit into this mm-hmm. because when you look at borderline personality disorder uh you're definitely looking at the thought aspect of things identifying coping skills with it and yeah. a big chunk of it uh definitely comes from therapy and the awareness you get in therapy you know yeah. uh 
and just having anchors like you said grounding fact from fiction those sort of uh, skills helps people in therapy um that's how i would differentiate the two and say how the journey in therapy uh, is between the two Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, um, hmm. I want to talk a bit about self harm over here. If you're okay with okay. it, um, yes, definitely. Go ahead. Uh, so self harm is warning. Actually, yes. For self harm. So a lot of uh, self harm is one of the things that characteristics and borderline personality disorder. Um, they say that a lot of people tend to engage with it, and therefore they will be clubbed under this. And where I'm going to come from is that I I, I don't necessarily agree with that. because somebody who may engage in self harm may not have a borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. uh it may be a result of other factors and it could be a coping skill for them so that's when the person needs to take it upon themselves perhaps to educate themselves on safe self harm speak to someone about what they are coping with and why they are why they're using that as a coping skill for themselves everybody who engages in self harm does not necessarily fall under the umbrella and it's a common misconception yes. because you know when you look at the diagnostic manual that's one point so people tend, tend to plug you in there and that may yeah. not necessarily be the case with it yeah like i'm mm-hmm. i'm sure even a lot of therapists are not aware that there is something called safe self harm i did not i wasn't aware that there's something called mm-hmm. safe uh, self harm so mm-hmm. yeah that's another thing we must dive into so many mental health sessions <laughs> that we have to have anyway uh, i have an important question here from sakshi who asks whether the lgbt community is more vulnerable to mood disorders and or bipolar disorder uh okay so this is actually quite a layered question because um this is where it comes in uh being a part of the community in india uh definitely means you have a lot of our own stressors our own triggers our own difficulties with it and first we have to navigate through that so yes there are a lot of situational difficulties which affect us and therefore we have to address with it but if i have to look at a percentage in terms of what the world says overall no because bipolar is is it's 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 chemical Mm-hmm. right um and therefore i have to deal with it in terms of uh taking the medication if need be and you know handling it that way but sometimes because the stresses i'm experiencing in my environment and my surroundings may sh- show symptoms similar to bipolar show symptoms similar to borderline personality disorder and therefore it can be very confusing so yeah. when you, and and again i keep since when you're going to a therapist take your time before you come with the diagnosis because it's a multi-layered process if exactly. i am struggling with coming out you know i may be engaging with a lot of other sort of i may engage with self harm because perhaps my i do not know how to come out of my family i may yeah. have disturbed sleep cycles i may have these sudden highs because i'm unable to manage basic functioning because of struggle i'm experiencing in my in my um, romantic life in my personal life mm-hmm. and that may look like bipolar but it doesn't necessarily mean i have bipolar so you yeah. need to go out and speak to someone get yourself in therapy figure it out get yourself evaluated properly you know and then move ahead with yeah. the diagnosis but to answer your question no it doesn't mm-hmm. mean so and like as an example i have borderline personality disorder and it has nothing to do with my gender identity or sexual orientation at all that has completely been separate from it of course I did think that is it because I'm gay that I have issues like this but then I had to go to therapy to separate the two and understand that there are other reasons why I have borderline personality disorder and your identity does not 
specifically have to uh, have anything to do with it so thank you for asking that question it was a very important question sakshi um there's another important question what is the difference between borderline personality and depression mm. okay um so let me talk about depression first so depression can either be chemical uh in that or it can be situational um and i use these terms to to make it very clear that sometimes um just therapy alone can help somebody uh, dealing with depression and sometimes therapy alone may not be enough for a person with depression uh the symptoms of depression are feelings of worthlessness helplessness hopelessness okay these are the three symptoms and how would i identify or what do i see as one of the ways in which i'm possibly dealing with depression is my sleep cycle changes either i'm sleeping too mm-hmm. much or too little my appetite changes i'm either, either eating too much or too little and the motivation to exercise does not exist anymore even things like my sex drive drops i i question the the concept of life what's the purpose of it there are changes in my uh, period cycle and things like that you know um, that could be indicative of depression um, that is only what depression is in borderline personality disorder you may have some of these symptoms but also mm-hmm. other things in terms of anger outbursts or uh, feelings of self harm or you may have these sudden emotional cycles of where i'm feeling really happy and over the moon and top of the world and then suddenly drop to feeling very low in depression mm-hmm. there's a persistent feeling of just sadness you know uh, at a severe or moderate level Yeah. yeah that feeling of emptiness <laughs> yes 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 it it, um, it can be a very uh, heavy it's i mean i mean they use the word yeah. cloud it's 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 foggy you can't think clearly with it yeah. uh, rationality kind of goes out the window at that point of time it, it it's tough mm-hmm. yeah um and is there a thing called unipolar disorder because i have not heard of it and there is a question <laughs> i'm learning a lot uh So I know the word unipolar disorder is actually quite common on uh on like Google uh but no it's on the DSM to my awareness to my knowledge and a lot of, very often people tend to look at it in terms of it being for depression you know a lot of people tend to use that word to talk about depression that you mm-hmm. only have one one swing as opposed to a high and a low yeah that makes a lot of sense i'm just going through the questions yeah, yeah. quickly No worries. Mm. I have been in therapy, but it does not help with my borderline. What do I do? <laughs> okay, there's a multi-layered question over there. Uh, I would it's say it's all multi-layered look- questions. Here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I would first look at what are my goals out of therapy, and does my therapist really understand my goals out of therapy or not? I would go back to my therapist and say, "This is what I want to achieve out of therapy. This is the first goal I want." can we can we create an action plan for it you know maybe the therapist mm-hmm. needs to uh spruce it up a bit change change uh the structure of therapy or different uh ways they're approaching it um number two then i probably would look at other triggering factors maybe i need to do an evaluation mm-hmm. and see whether uh i could benefit from any medication obviously that's a second option uh, i would first i would explore the first one a little more first mm-hmm. yeah okay can having borderline affect your sexuality Yeah. Uh wait one second. It can affect your sex drive. Uh, it can affect I don't think your sex uh, drive, not sex your sexuality. Huh. Not yeah. your, not your sexuality, your sex drive. Things. Yes. Your sex drive, not your sexuality. Uh no. Um it does not affect your sexuality. But your sex drive, yes. Mhm. And this um uh there's this another question from Bargesh which automatically puts us puts us into our next Wow, I'm 
zoning out i'm dissociating <laughs> sorry about that um okay so bargesh is asking us whether the disorders affect okay he's telling us that the disorders affect those nearest to the patients which are family members how should they deal with a family member who might not want to seek help and this what i was trying to say is that this basically takes us to our next section talking about how we can deal with people who have borderline personality disorder around us okay so caregiver stress is very real um i think mm-hmm. one of the toughest things to do and to be a part of and we we one of the things i do is actually run a caregiver support group um not for bipolar or borderline but it's actually for dementia but i do understand that the the as a caregiver we definitely experience symptoms of depression anxiety a need to go out and help that person and make it easier for that person uh so so my first thing for you to do is take care of yourself um i mean there's no way i can take care of another person who is battling with something unless i'm not taking care of myself and i would recommend every day some hours away from the person with it you know like um mm-hmm. go for a walk go for a run do whatever you want with it um now if that person does does not want to take help realize it's only so much i can do but i yeah. can and one of the things i can do is i can educate them mm-hmm. uh from home it could not necessarily be a bombardment of articles every day but a story here or there slipped in um kind of sit back and watch movies together which talk about these disorders um so they can uh, relate to it understand it um identify with some traits with it you know if they if they are aware of what they are experiencing their willingness to seek help is is far easier far better their openness True. to therapy is much better also i would work on destigmatizing the whole mental health sector for it because very mm-hmm. often people will not want to go and speak to a therapist or a psychiatrist mm-hmm. because of the stigma associated with it yeah yeah exactly um there's another question about whether taking online therapy is better for bipolar disorder do you have an op- opinion on that you know i i don't know what's better or or not um i don't think we have much of a choice right now given the pandemic so i mean i would say take therapy uh mm-hmm. first i mean even though online therapy is effective there is there is definitely no doubt that face to face therapy is far more effective because a lot of non verbal cues your therapist can pick up with it Right. but i do want to say this because uh, yesterday we got a couple of request about uh, family therapy or couples mm-hmm. therapy online mm-hmm. and my my immediate reaction is that i don't i don't recommend family therapy or couples therapy online because you know you have to sit close together to uh, fit on the screen or whatever it may be and a lot of the dynamics don't unfold uh, when you're doing a video conferencing for therapy mm-hmm. i i would recommend you guys wait it out for a couple more weeks and go to a therapist in your locality if it's a family therapy or couples therapy but if it's individual therapy online therapy is fine mm mm-hmm. how do you explain borderline to family members who aren't very educated in mental health you know my go to mechanism for family members uh, who aren't educated in mental health is i'll show them movies uh, every like sit uh. back and watch a movie uh let them watch a couple of movies and then and then slowly say oh you know this is what they mean by it uh right. <laughs> I, i'll google and send them send you an article based on it or have general conversations around the dining table or breakfast table about different ways mental health is and how mental health is evolving and how it's important to take care of your mental health and then you know kind of drop in bits of information with it uh you yeah. see if they're not going to your you in your language you have to find ways to communicate with them in their language um True. and 
movies video series one of the most effective ways to communicate with them even you can create games if you if you have the time and the energy create a game you know make a taboo yeah. game about it so they so they can engage with it and understand better mm-hmm. um what are okay so going to something that i personally also wanted to cover in this session what are some self care tips that you have things that we can do right now when i mean therapy is expensive not everybody can afford therapy we all know this um i'm sure a lot of people who might be listening to this cannot afford therapy as well so what do we do if we are in a space where we cannot afford therapy right now other than reading up on what we might have to read up on so um i mean i, I completely hear you as a therapist i sometimes sit back and say wow therapy is expensive you know um and it takes a lot of investment to 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 be in therapy regularly um you know but one there are a lot of therapists out there who give sliding scale so try to find one and now because of the the whole therapy online has opened up make that little bit of extra effort you will find somebody in some part of the country or part of the world who is mm-hmm. open to see you within your budget you know make that little bit of effort find that labor mm-hmm. two is that there are support groups out there um mm-hmm. you know uh, one future collective has just started a really nice support group be a part of it you know you can and i think the one future collective support group is free or it's a very minimally yeah. priced one you know mm-hmm. uh reach out to them talk to them you know third is get connected with other individuals in supervised platforms and i'm being very mm-hmm. careful when i use a supervised platform because there are platforms out there but which are not supervised and then you may not get reliable information or reliable self help tips for it so mm-hmm. you know supervised platforms fourth i'm going to say my basic basic go to mechanism for mental health care is eat sleep exercise uh try your eight hours of sleep uh you can look at sleep hygiene for that to help you with it um you need to have three solid meals every day and third is exercise you know um there are so many wonders to exercise and just 20 minutes or whatever you want can really help yeah. what really helps somebody with bipolar borderline also is having a routine you know yeah. a, a very basic fixed routine to it can mm-hmm. create a thread of what i need to look forward to next also helps you focus and zone into a particular area or what i need to do right now Yeah. Um these are your basic foundations for mental health. Um yeah. yeah. Yeah and like if I were to add a few things that I personally do definitely um when I wake up when I have the motivation I sometimes just sit and stretch It's just stretching your bones even if you don't have the motivation to jump today mm-hmm. is good. Mm-hmm. Take a random Bollywood class. I love mm-hmm. taking bollywood classes on lives and now you are able to access so many things on live so i don't know just try and go ahead for that yeah. and i always try and write a a little to do list for the next day the night before which makes mm. me feel nice and little grounded when i'm sleeping mm-hmm. so i mean these are few things that people can do You know, Joe. When you mentioned this, I just thought of a journaling exercise which I recommend yeah. to my clients. Uh, it's a very simple one. It's called the rose thorn and bud technique, where mm-hmm. at the end of the day you identify one thing good about your day, at least. And here's my thing with my clients: if you can't identify one thing good about your day, go out and create it. You know, <laughs> and uh, buy a piece of chocolate and eat that chocolate. And I love chocolate, so it works. Two is and write it one. down. I ate chocolate. Yes, <laughs> yes. Write yeah. it down because you have to. Uh, you know, you have to make that effort to note it down, mark it, yeah. and pin it down in your day. It's a very conscious thing. That's. I mean, it only becomes unconscious when it is conscious for enough time. I think yes. that this is what I want to underline. That all yes. these practices that you learn from 
all the therapy that you take your therapist can give you these tools but you need to practice it as unfortunate as that sounds you have you to know, practice it i agree with you on that because what been going for therapy is is good because you get the awareness but it's not enough Yeah. Uh, I have to sit back and and actually say, okay, this is what we discussed. This is what I've learned from it. How am I going to implement it in my life? Uh, yeah. And that's when you're truly making shifts. When you're finding ways to implement it in your life on a daily, regular basis. And mm-hmm. yes, it's going to be difficult initially. Yes, it's going to take some amount of effort and energy. But that's only going to be for some period of time. Repeated yeah. behavior causes habits. Habits become subconscious. Exactly. Basic one-on-one psychology, and it really helps with that. Yeah. Yeah. Can bipolar or BPD trigger eating disorders? Uh, I can have an eating disorder with BPD and bipolar, um, okay. and uh, by uh, borderline personality disorder sometimes also has uh, concerns with my body image and self image. So they are likely to have an eating disorder with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, is reading about your disorder helpful or harmful? I literally told somebody today not to take these mental health tests online. unless it is from a licensed therapist yeah i would But, agree with yeah. you on that um so no don't google it uh if you want information about your disorder or about a particular disorder go speak to a mental health professional or go to their office say hey do you have a book i can look at or some article you would recommend i look at and they will give point you to that article or to that book uh you know google is not like physical health yeah yeah everything else will look like cancer if you google only symptoms You know, I I have to tell you this. We I had gone to an oncologist, and behind him, uh, there was this little certificate which read, "Do not confuse my degrees with your Google search." And it's true, and it's very true. Um, you know, no, go speak to somebody who at least who's reliable and can point you to the right direction to get the resources. Maybe yeah. you don't want to go and pay that fee for the one-hour consultation with therapist, and I completely get it. Yeah, but. ask them to point you to the right resources and everybody's more than willing to do it you know yeah. uh, they will get back to you they will point the right books or the right uh, websites to learn from mm-hmm. very important question before i go to my important questions people keep asking such great questions how important <laughs> is it to distinguish between thoughts and feelings and why okay um very important uh because um Okay, so it's the thoughts. All my thoughts lead to my feelings. All my emotions, and all my emotions lead to my uh, bodily sensations, my my physical reaction to it. And very often, particularly with anger, I'll use anger as an example over here. Um, mm-hmm. We know when we're angry, we'll tend to like clench our face, grind our teeth, or even punch a wall, or want to hit someone or hit something. Yeah, that's a bodily reaction because we want to release an emotion called anger, mm-hmm. right? And A whole other story about anger, which we won't get into right now. But anger comes from our thoughts, and you have to identify what are the thoughts triggering that emotion. If I can identify those those thoughts, I will be mm-hmm. able to manage, cope, or deal with that emotion far better. Um, and you know, it's about looking at the situation, reframing the situation, or reframing my thoughts in order to address it more effectively for myself than otherwise. Mm-hmm. So even with sadness, even with happiness, I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a positive or negative emotion. Mm-hmm. Identify your feelings and say what was the thought which was going on in my mind when that feeling started. Mm-hmm. Um, and you will be able to work through a lot of your other concerns when it comes to guilt or this perpetual low feeling or these sudden mood swings. Identify when that emotion started, that feeling started. What was I thinking at that point of time with it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. The next few questions are a little more personal to me. I am not taking therapy. 
but i think they're also very important to address uh, firstly i wanted to ask you what you feel about the representation of both borderline personality disorder and bipolar disorder in the media because somebody's uh, asked us what do we think of bipolar presented in touched with fire i personally haven't watched the movie but i know crazy ex girlfriend uh, talks about borderline personality disorder in a certain way and somebody's asked me to watch it as well but i haven't yet okay. but just generally what do you think so honestly change? i haven't seen both the, the both the movies you you suggested right now mm-hmm. uh, but overall i feel um it's very heightened uh the way they they portray any kind of mental health concern mm-hmm. it's very heightened it's not very closely based into reality um there are some and they do it because they want to get the ratings they do it because whatever reason it may be um and there is a way so, to show hysteria and madness like yeah, i don't yeah. know that drama that comes from it or something Yeah I mean it it the only uh, there was this I don't know if you've seen the show uh, Modern Love uh there was this one particular episode where they had Anne Hathaway who was uh, she portrayed a character who had bipolar in it mm-hmm. and her highs were reflective of what a person with bipolar may be like and mm-hmm. her lows were reflective of something with bipolar may experience like but the way her moods shifted as quickly as they did was not representative of it and two right. it's not necessary that everybody will experience it the same way what yeah. happens is that um when we look at these movies we are like oh but i don't experience it that way uh, exactly. we tend to yeah and because it's very heightened and whatever yeah. the reason may be for heightening we we won't be able to relate to it or identify with it completely um yeah. but movies are okay because just to bring about awareness you know it's a, it's a tool to start the conversation but it's not the bible it's not the definition of it no it's not exactly because it's usually an extreme or mm-hmm. a very ill researched version mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. what it actually is and I, they honestly should be talking about uh, mental health and showing mental health to actual mental health practitioners and not their own idea of how it looks like because yeah. i personally it's extremely triggering for me for example to google borderline personality disorder and the kind of utter i don't know extremely violent um, kind of imagery that comes out of google searches on borderline personality disorder because i've had people texting me on instagram saying i don't think i can have a healthy life or a normal relationship because i have bpd and i'm mm-hmm. like i i don't know why you're saying that please go for therapy yeah. because there are actual books written on how if you live with a person with borderline you have to tiptoe all around your life and you this this person is going to destroy your life that's the kind of tone that is used for people with bpd and they are demonized oh no what happened priyanka ah yes i'm sorry i don't know where i went mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah did, did you hear me no i didn't i said i, I heard uh-huh. that there was these portrayals on uh, google and yeah. the person mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i mean extremely violent sort of portrayals of what borderline looks like which is sad and for a person who might have borderline it it feels extremely like wow yes. is this what my life is going mm. to be mm. yeah mm-hmm. um yeah and this brings us to my next question which is personal because i'm an activist so i always wonder how activism and borderline personality disorder or bipolar disorder might have some sort of a connection because you might agree with me that we end up becoming hyper empathetic and everything affects you so how do you keep that balance 
in being affected because i don't want to i'm very clear about this i don't want to not feel anything mm-hmm. but how does one have a balance and not end up in a spiral you have to notice when you're starting to spiral um so now if i'm actively involved in a community that i feel strongly about um that's part of my daily consumption news about it uh the de- uh, talking about these topics or even something for me like i'm actively dealing with different individuals and their emotional mm-hmm. distress on a daily basis um that's what i do for a living you know that's the work and i love what i do um so i can become hyper empathetic and then want to bear to say hey you know what this is i'm just just get overly consumed and clouded by it and you know um move in the extreme of just activism but i need to notice that when i'm starting to spiral and i keep emphasizing on sleep and appetite and exercise these are the first most basic signs to notice you're starting to spiral if you're noticing yeah. you have disturbed sleep you're not sleeping well and you've noticed it for more than 2 or 3 days take a pause take a break disengage disengage yeah. and consume something else if i'm not taking care of myself i cannot be a a, a valuable yeah. contributing member you know play the long run don't do sprints yeah. and burnouts yes. you have yes. to do the long run and this is something we spoke about in our boundaries live as well yes. that if the third post or the fourth post that you're reading does not add to your knowledge don't keep engaging in something like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and move yeah. on and yeah that's extremely important um and like i think another thing also that i want to talk about is how does communities like the queer community are often seen as a homogenous group of people and the sense of community that is heightened when you're part of something so small in the larger mm-hmm. idea of the world Mm-hmm. how does that affect a person with borderline when for example let's say something happens within the community that makes them feel a little disenfranchised from it and distant mm-hmm. from it and then you start feeling like the entire community hates you mm-hmm. and wants to throw you out and all these feelings and how do you deal with that as well uh so i mean then i would look at what what you said earlier is fact from fact fiction mm-hmm. i would actually engage in exercise with that to is that if i'm feeling that way i need to take a step back and disengage from it for some time till i have grounded or regrounded myself with it you know whatever medium i yeah. choose to do uh the community is a very big part of um as an our existence and who we are today you know yeah. um and taking a step away can be very difficult the first time you do it uh but if you're able to the first time the second or third or fourth time you may need to do it it becomes easier because you're doing that for yourself and you're doing that because you want to be an active contributor to the community um yeah. and that comes back from taking from taking breaks and stepping away and recognizing it you know um yeah yes i may feel because i've allowed myself to spiral i may feel the community is 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 pointing a finger at me you're not wanting to participate with me and i hear you and i and i and i understand that 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 can happen especially when you're working together on a project right uh, it it may cause difference of opinions or whatever it may be uh take a step back sit back fact from fiction disengage for some time say hey you know what right now acknowledge you're not feeling good tell them hey yeah. i'm not feeling good can i just take some time out you know mm-hmm. can somebody else take on responsibility for this take a step back yeah. and then when you're feeling bad then come back saying hey you know what i was on a good space this was i was experiencing um, and deal with and then you know approach it moving forward yeah that makes a lot of sense and has helped me in my personal life mm-hmm. i promise this is not a uh, 
this is this almost seems like a public therapy session at this point <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah thank you so much priyanka and thank you everybody who's sent us a lot of very important questions that i didn't think of and i'm glad we were able to answer at least a few of them if not all of them uh remember to eat sleep hydrate as priyanka has told us i think and, it's most important i mean yeah. if anything you do when you yeah. come in heavy the first time with me i'll be like eat sleep exercise that's the first three things you need yeah. to get in place yeah and i don't know if you've watched the movie waiting um there is a movie called waiting which is i think it's a bollywood film which had kalki okay. in it and that's it's about death uh, okay. and waiting in a hospital and there is somebody in that who says always remember to eat sleep and hydrate keep these three things as your main things that you do mm-hmm. in your um yeah you know uh, so the reason why it's really important. yeah the reason why it's really important is that when i exercise um uh, it can i releases the happy hormones i feel better about situations yeah. sleep and exercise together also contribute clarity of thought yeah and therefore my decision making ability is better my problem solving ability is better your and third is yeah. yeah and third food also helps uh, fight the symptoms of feeling low you know mm-hmm. it kind of peps our mood gives us energy to move forward um and yeah. if i have to deal with any difficult situation in my life these are the three things i have to keep engaging with and i know it's difficult at that point of time to do it i'm not saying no mm-hmm. but to the best of your ability you you should try yeah uh, you should yeah. try definitely so yeah that's about it thank you so much priyanka for 